My name is Lord of Puzzle, and this is Media Delta. Hello, and welcome to Media Delta. Um, we are doing something that I'm going to fully admit is uh, incredibly an ass pull in terms of how we are doing it. Um, mainly, the main reason why we're doing it is because it, I want to talk about it, because this is not something that is inherently video game related because there is no video game based on the Giver. Um, but there is kind of this does have a little bit of a tie to some various games. Uh, for example, um, the reason why I was thinking of the Giver in particular, like tying it to a game, uh, is that Bloody Roar seems to have a lot of um, uh, it seems to have been an influence for that game, but especially in three where you have Zion, who is practically his altered form is basically the Giver. Uh, also, they refer to him as I believe it's Zoanthropes in in, the, in yes. Bloody Roar and there's Zoanoids here. Yeah, it, in Bloody Roar, it's Zoan, Zoanthropes. Um, but it's kind of a similar thing. Um, so we're going to start our look at the franchise, which is The Giver, uh, with this movie. Um, I originally wanted to start with The Giver 1, which is the, or I should say, the, the movie that is just, I believe it's 1991, that was just called The Giver, uh, which is a live action movie. Um, that would have actually have another tie into a video game that we have done, uh, which we took a look, I believe in one of the marathons, we took a look at a game called Screaming Mad George's Paranoia Escape. Um, which that game was, you know, done by or helmed by Screaming Mad George, who is a special effects like kind of wizard from what I've heard. Uh, and The Giver was a movie that he worked on. Uh, but unfortunately, due to some various things, namely the fact that it wasn't available for free on YouTube, uh, I decided instead to do The Giver Dark Hero, uh, which there is actually an interesting tie into video games, although it's to a game we technically have not done yet. But it's so famous that I might as well. It's one of those. It's public knowledge things. Um, this was a movie that was. It was in fact the first movie and one of his first acting roles to star David Hayter, uh, who, if you're not familiar with who David Hayter is, uh, if you are, you know, into games, you've probably heard his voice because he is the voice of Solid or was the voice of Solid Snake, and also Naked Snake. But yes, um, and yeah, this was his first acting role. So there is a very tenuous tie to games, but I will fully admit it is incredibly tenuous. Eh, you, um, did, so you did thinner than this. You, yeah, you're yeah. Taxi's castle to fucking uh, Mr. Lawrence is the thing. Yeah. Lolo, you're fucking wrong. Everyone knows the voice of Snake is Keeper Sutherland, you fucking idiot. You absolutely Wow. Fucking, do you want me to kick, I'll kick him out right now? I swear to God. <laughs> I was going to say, but the, the less we talk about Metal Gear Solid 5, the better. I'm fucking hating that game, but go on. But yes, um, I think I decided because the thing is also with the Giver, I also should very much clarify uh, it is the Giver. The franchise is just Giver, which is G-U-Y-V-E-R, is nothing to do with MacGyver. That is a completely different thing. Um, uh, but to kind of describe what Giver is, it's kind of a toku, originally a manga that has been adapted into various other things, including these movies. Um, 
uh, basically there the general gist is that there is a normal dude who comes across this weird like pulsating like disc looking thing that has a bunch of like almost kind of looks like tentacles coming out of it but then whenever the person picks it up uh it gets attached to him and he can transform into a set of bio armor that is referred to as the, the guy bio boosted armor the guyver yes and then there's a bunch of there is the Kronos Corporation, who is like the evil corp that is doing experiments to turn people into monsters, which are the Zoonoids, which are the main villains of this franchise. That's a basically the Guyver in a nutshell. You uh, know the trail. Yes. Um, so we took a look at the Guyver Dark Hero, which technically is the sequel to the first movie, although I don't think you really need to watch the first movie to get the gist of this movie because it's kind of its own story with very tenuous ties to the first one. Um, although the first one is interesting because it has like Mark Hamill in it, it has Jimmy Walker of all people in it. Uh, also, it's kind of a goofy fun movie, but um, that was not this one tried to take a darker tone. And I guess before we kind of get more into it, uh, I was not the only one who watched this. So please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Axe, and I'm here for dramatic spins towards the camera. Hi, I'm Carnival, and it's good to see where the the direction of Toku for the past two decades come from this movie. Uh, I'm Torpotypist and Hello Quarry, my old friend. Yes, it's not, it's... Actually, not. it's not the quarry, but they, I don't know how they managed to find another quarry that's not the quarry. I come to rock with you again. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, this is an interesting movie. Uh, I kind of got it. It's. We'll get into it a little bit further on once we, you know, have had our discussions. But uh, this certainly was a thing. Uh, that also was a lot longer than I was expecting it. Uh, it's a two-hour-long movie. There doesn't change. Uh, yeah, uh, which is pretty long for a movie of this kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who I want to start with first. Um, you know, since uh, this is technically a Toku franchise. Well, not Toku franchise. It's not part of the you know, Toku carnival universe. Already. Yeah, it's. I think Carnival might have an interesting insight uh, for this one. Uh, so, Carnival, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this on was this? great. I enjoyed this movie a lot. I it uh, you, there's a lot on the middle that could cut it be cut out, but whenever an action scene actually started, it's like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> this is this is the kind of thing I've come to come to appreciate and love about Toku. Because as I've mentioned before, one of the this is the first acting role, major stunt role for one Koichi Sakamoto, who, for just ease of reference, has been on been, was on Power Rangers from 1997 to 2003, and then has been on Kamen Rider and Super Sentai intermittently from 2010 to currently, and additionally doing some Ultraman shows. So. This has been a very much a, like, ah, I see. This is, I appreciate this movie a lot for, like, giving one of the things of, like, a lot of shows that are very much enjoy 
giving the guy his start. Yeah, it's kind of interesting seeing how, like, very, like, I wasn't, like, I took a very brief glance at, like, the casting for this one. I knew that um, Screaming Mad George was not involved with this one. Uh, the co-director for the first one was the main director for this one. Um, but yeah, the, David Hayter is obviously the more kind of one of the more interesting casting roles. But yeah, I did not realize that there was actually someone who did Toku stuff, like legit Toku stuff, in this movie. And it really shows because when any of the fight scenes happen, it's like, there's the flip, there's the explosion, there's the jump. There's the the jump. jump. It's <laughs> yeah, it's it is it is classic Toku stunt acting. Yeah, and I really appreciate it for it. Um, there, uh, anything in, else in particular stand out? Uh, this is actually notable for being very true to the source material. Like, a lot of the opening sequences, they even just straight up copied some panel-for-panel panel shots of just how the guy originally found the transformation disc in the opening. Yeah. Uh, it is, there are some things like that. It really kind of keeps the source material, but also uh, it's kind of story-wise a pretty big uh, deviation. Uh, for example, Sean Barker was a character that was created exclusively for the, for the movies um, because I believe the person who finds it in the anime and manga, I know his first name Show, and I can't remember what his last name is. Um, but yeah, it's, very much a Japanese school, like kind of high schooler finds it and it's him where Sean Barker is just kind of a dude. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all of what Sean is. I can't remember if he's like what he was. Well, granted, I have unfortunately not seen the first movie, so it doesn't really go into detail who Sean was, uh, but he kind of seems just like a dude. Yeah. Um, no other. Another thing that they don't really they kind of show it, although that's not really uh, a thing. Whereas whenever the Giver turns into the Giver, or I should say, whenever Sean turns into the Giver, uh, or really technically show because we're talking about the original, uh, there's a giant energy orb that surrounds him and like destroys anything it touches. Uh, whereas this, it just kind of becomes this weird tentacly set of pieces of the oh, armor. Is- back and it's fucking bizarre makes a bunch of slapping noises yeah also he just says guyver really great just hearing david Hayter yell guyver and then just slapping noises yes so i if i remember correctly in the original he's it's more does the same thing except he's not saying it he's yelling it sounds like a lot of my fantasies yes uh anything else uh not that i can think oh wait there is one thing. Costume design. Real good. Real good costuming all around. Just looks straight. Looks like they went straight to Japan and just said, all right, teach us. Tell us how to get the this kind of look for your costumes. Teach us how to make our actors as uncomfortable as possible. I, I can't remember what the names of a lot of them, but I do like recognize the suit designs as like they look pretty close to what the originals look like. Um, I believe there are original like creatures, but they look pretty closely to what the stuff in the anime and manga look like. Yeah, I really appreciate that. So, yeah, I think that's it for now. All right. Uh, 
about Alex? What 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 did you think about this movie? So I think we've kind of established already that I'm not a big Toku fan. The most I've done is really Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And even then, I kind of petered off near the end of that. Um, but like, I liked it. It had this weird energy to it. And I don't want to comp- I, I hate to compare it to this movie because this movie's actually really terrible. And this, this movie is not. But at times, it had the energy of that old movie Werewolf with uh, Joe Estevez, uh that Mystery Science Theater lampooned. Uh, there were just a bunch of scenes that felt like it, it had the, the kind of, that same cadence, that same like energy that that movie had in certain areas. It was just that's all I could think of uh, during a lot of, a lot of like the scenes after the start. Because it starts very weird. Like, this movie starts off with, like, some extremely graphic fighting. And people getting their throats slit, fucking blood everywhere. You know, this, people... game, this game, this game, this movie is, like, surprisingly graphic. Yeah, like, I was, I was like, oh, I even said in the chat, I was like, oh, it's going to be this kind of violent, okay. And I was not, I was not prepared for the level of violence that they decided to put into, the, like, the first 20 minutes of the movie. And then, like, Lowe, you mentioned that, and you're correct. The next, like, 90 minutes is just, like, very, very dry scenes that are kind of, like, um, there's not a lot of action to them. It's it's mostly setting up the characters, the situation, the location, uh, the discovery that they, they uncover. And then it's a slow buildup to the actual, like, you know, the reveal of the villain, the reveal of the monsters, the attacks of the monsters. And that's when things kind of amp up at, like, the, in the, the third act of the movie. Um, yes, the first hour of the movie, which can be described as hot archaeologists in your area looking to fuck. Yeah, pretty much. And it's just great because David Hayter's character is completely out of place in all these people, but they're just like, yeah, no, we'll just take him and it's fine, whatever. Just let him <laughs> let him run around. Let him be He's David got, like, Hayter. He's like a super smooth, like, kind of baby face at this point, too. Yeah. I mean, they, I, I, I don't tend to do this very often, but David Hayter, young David Hayter, hot. Mm. He so mm. I actually looked it up. I because I knew he was younger. Obviously, I did not realize how young he was. Twenty five. I mean, damn. I mean, he's still hot now, but like, woo! I mean, it, it's a it's a he has a different energy to him now. This was this was like very, um, very smooth. Yeah, no. Like he he had this he had this very kind of like slick attitude towards him that everybody sort of gravitated him like yeah you know what he probably shouldn't be here but fuck it we'll just keep him here he's 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 good eye candy he's good to have around and i love i love the acting in this i love it because it's so b-grade but it's b-grade in like a very good way it's entertaining it's kind of like um i'm gonna go back to another mystery science theater 3000 thing uh the the um fuck this island earth um it always brings me back to the part at the end where Exeter stands in front of the two and he tries to tell that mutant to get away. It's like, get back. And then they're just like, acting. And that's what I feel with a lot of these scenes. I feel like there's just this really B-grade just acting going on. And like, there's one scene where um, 
Hater's talking to, I guess, his girlfriend or his original love interest, and they're having a back and forth. They're bickering. And then she says something. He looks at her, and he pirouettes. He perfectly 180, to t- like, with his hands on the, the tree. And it's the most dramatic bullshit I've seen, and he, it's so great. He does the soap opera thing, he and it's great. He does the soap opera turn, and I'm like, yes! I am here for this, because it's stupid, okay. but it works. But it's such a good contrast, too, because the woman playing his ex could not act to save her life and was incredibly oh. stiff. In monotone oh, yeah. the whole fucking time. Very wooden, very unlikable. I couldn't stand her, but just he does this perfect pirouette straight out of days of our lives. And I was just like, yes, please give me that and more. So, and then um the you know, the bodysuit stuff's pretty cool. It's a really cool bodysuit, you know. Um the monsters, eh, they were kind of give and take. One uh the one lady's dad looked like a crawfish. To me, yeah. all like the little things, and the other one kind of looked like a fucked up rhino, and then the last one looked like a, a weird insect. I forget what the uh, main villain looked like. It's very brief. They kind of all the thing that is the one thing I will kind of I don't like that you lose a little bit in the live action is just due to the way that like you know live action does lighting and all that, and you're not looking at like an animated or like drawn medium. Is that the monsters kind of look samey? Like it's really hard to uh, like differentiate, yeah. Between um, whereas, like obviously, if it's animated, it's a lot more um, color. Yeah, yeah, color really helps. Yeah, the like the the Giver suit looked really cool, but like the monsters, they kind of blended together for me. Like very same color patterns, uh, similar body structures. Just like the the faces were obviously different, and you know. They moved slightly different, but at the same time, they all kind of had, like, they almost had kind of, like, a similar moveset between each of them. If they had, like, done That's something a little... it's Toku. Yeah, I know, I know, but if they had done something just, like, a little different between them to, like, set them apart, I think that would have, uh, it would have stood out more, but that's just how I feel about the costumes. The story, um, you know, it's interesting. It's an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, they, I don't think they ever actually... Did they actually explain the uh, bulging, pulsating shit on his back? Uh, yeah, that's that's where the Giver is implanted. I mean, oh. it's where the Giver is implanted, but the thing that I believe that it's trying... It's like... I can't exactly remember what the Giver, like, backstory is, like, what it actually is, but I know oh, that... I can explain that. Was, um, go ahead. Yeah, go so ahead. the Giver... Originally, some aliens from Uranus came down to Earth and messed around with it because they wanted to create super soldiers. Eventually, they made humans and then created the Gaiva units. But oops, they're too powerful and are immune to our mind control. We're going to leave. Ah, we're going to leave. Just leave and never come back so they don't destroy us all. So Kronos then originally starts finding out about the old science that's left behind and starts doing evil, evil Toku organization st- stuff to take over the world. Hmm. Yeah, so they had a couple a couple scenes where like he was trying to be rid of the the Giver thing, but they don't really pan out much in terms of that that sort of sea uh, story. It like he goes into the ship and he's like, "Yeah, I want to be gone with this power." And then a couple minutes later, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna use this power to save the world. Whatever, I'm 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 in it now." Um, they kind of drop that plot point pretty quickly. Um. 
but otherwise, I think the story is pretty solid. It's it's kind of funny having like a uh, archaeology, and it's like this super serious like group of people, and then it's like, oh, but it's aliens. Yeah, okay, but don't forget they're they're like what was it like the the outlaws of archaeology or something? Yeah, yeah, because like, they researched ancient alien bullshit. Yeah. And I'm gonna say it right now. I think this is a better archaeology alien story than fucking Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. I'm just gonna I will say it. Right fucking now. pin you down and beat your ass. <laughs> don't promise me a good time. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know. Like, I I like the movie. I liked uh, most of the cast. Uh, it's David Hayter. It's kind of hard to not like David Hayter, even when it's his first role. He still seems to know what he's doing, and when he's in a scene, like he's. He pulls it off. He doesn't really chew the scenes. Uh, I noticed. He, he's he's a little a little dippy, but like it's not like Tim Curry level. It's I mean, just you like, know yeah. him as Solid Snake. You've seen his. You basically <laughs> yeah, understand his his acting in this. It's about yeah. the same level. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, yeah. From uh, I'd say from start to finish, uh, there's some stuff I would take out, but I mean, other than that, like it was pretty good for a two hour movie. It kept my interest and, you know, ended pretty well. So, yeah, I, I'd say this one's kind of a slam dunk. All right. Uh, Torpo. So, well, how is it that you described this to me again? It sucks and uh, I love it. Yes, it's it's <laughs> like I like watching after the first like little bit, um, which the one thing that I was bummed about that they don't go over is talking about the super cocaine that they invented for this thing that could be melted into plastic, which is like, oh, that's a weird subplot, but they don't really do anything with it. Um, but yeah, basically, I was like, yeah, this okay, movie's okay. really good. Really quick, though, it's not that they melt it into plastic, it's they mix it with the plastic. Oh, right, and it can be oh. returned back to 100% yeah. pure cocaine. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, we, we we mix it with the plastic, we mold it into a shape, and then you melt it down, and it's pure again. No, that's, no! It's not, it's not how it fucking works! That's a different, that's a story for a different movie that's not this one. Um, But yeah, after that first little intro bit, I'm like, this movie sucks, it's great. <laughs> Um, cause you could tell like right off that first scene, you know exactly what, cause especially it's like after he just slices the, like the drug lord or the, whoever the dude's neck was, and then he, he carves the Giver into the thing with the laser beam eyes, which they don't use in the movie. Only time he ever uses the forehead laser. The only time. It's to carve his sweet ass name in the, in the bars. Um... Which is how the title screen or the title card drops, and it's really good. It's really good too, because um, they had to really overlay that shit because you could not read it otherwise. Really good. Um, but yeah. Um, but we, so yes, that is what I originally thought. I just brought that up because that's exactly how I feel about this. This movie is pure fucking schlock the whole way through. Like. I enjoy it, don't get me wrong. The the action sequences are a fun level of dumb, and I think a lot of it's pretty enjoyable, even if there's a huge lull in, like, the first half of the movie. Like, nothing happens until the second hour, aside from the first fight. But, uh, I think it's a really fun movie. I, I found it really enjoyable in a lot of regards. Uh, it's, it's pure fucking toku, uh, in terms of, like, choreography and the like, and that, in my opinion, makes it very charming surprisingly gory when he cuts that man the fuck open 
Yeah. Like not not even just the beginning. Like there are zoonoids. He cuts the fuck open with his really dumb, terrible elbow blades. The high frequency blades. Yeah, the high off, frequency elbow blades. He cuts off the head of one of them. Though they yeah. don't show they don't actually show it being severed, but they do show it falling in like a, a the way they frame the yeah, and he fucking straight up guts a man. So yeah. I think the head cut is actually a reference to the anime or the manga because that is actually how basically how Sho defeats the first Zoinoid he comes across. Mm. Which they also do this. I'm pretty sure they also do the thing where uh, the the Giver has the monster by the hands and they're doing like holding the hands and the Giver just breaks the arms of the other one. Oh yeah, no, he had he he had the the one. By the hands, and then he pushes forward, and the hands snap back, and the bone pops out with all the blood. Like uh, that damn. is that is an homage to the the events basically that are the first episode of both the OVA and the 2005 um, like, anime. Guyver as a show and manga has always been like we're gonna go ultra violence, <laughs> and it's great. Every morning it wakes up and chooses violence. Yes. Uh, there is a lot of monsters in the Giver that are basically, yeah, uh, I can just be de- decimated to an arm. And as long as some it's um, I forgot what other monster works like that, but or like thing where it's as long as a as long as there is like a single a certain cell. body part. Yeah, as long as a single cell exists, it will just regenerate. Um, Yeah. Like even the final, I think the the, the one thing is, I believe that what they were going for for the final like with the main bad guy of this movie i think they were trying to go for like enzyme uh or they were trying to go for one of the guyver killers but i don't think there was kind of an original design in this one i can't remember because i'm not super familiar with that arc of the guyver yeah neither am i because guyver which still technically is serialized except he's one of the mangaka that have that have got the chronic illnesses and thus he's probably gonna die without finishing it literally fucking causing that cause pain by doing this shit yeah no hunter hunter will never finish either yep oh uh, yeah because <laughs> there's been several times where the which actually i forgot what his name is but the mangaka for um the guyver um uh, is yoshiki has... takaya yes uh, so they have uh, repeatedly had to take breaks due to pretty failing health. But it's, I'm pretty sure they're still with us, so... Yes, they're still currently with us. It's just, again, as of 2016, there have been no new chapters with nothing, like, because Takia doesn't work with assistance, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not... So, like, the life of Mangaka is fucking terrible to begin with. And then some people get old, and you mix the two together. It's not pretty. Yeah, he uh, he's currently sixty-one right now. Also, I'm just reading up on him. Apparently, he got the start by an artist under the name Moruo Chimi. Started started as a what? Uh, a hentai artist. Oh, that that yeah that happened. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of fucking. That's, uh, that's like normal. I don't know uh, yeah. that. I... Uh, so to also uh, some other ones that are like that. Um, Mazumuni Shiro is also another one that is, you, and you can tell that's the Ghost in the Shell person. That mm-hmm. one definitely uh, Ghost in the Shell and Appleseed. Uh, that one a lot of fucking in Ghost in the Shell. 
Yes, uh, straight up also started as hentai. Um, actually, uh, if I remember correctly, didn't the guy who does Azumanga Daio in Yotsuba and I think he also started out as a hentai artist. I mean, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna just say it's probably easier to find people who didn't yeah. than the other way around. There's some really weird ones that it's like you look, it's like, oh, okay. There's some obvious ones too, though, like fucking Tex Mex and Black Tex-Mex. Lagoon. Yeah, Tex Mex and Black Lagoon. That one's definitely. <laughs> look, you look at Ravi, it's like, yep, uh huh. Yeah. Teddy sells. Because, yeah, yeah, that's like a lot of it's, it's honestly, it's a much more sustainable way of making money than like a serialized manga. Um, yeah, everybody wants porn. Yeah, and I. I don't think that he ever got in. Well, actually, no, I take that back. I know exactly. He uh, definitely got it. I don't think he did manga, though. But uh, Osamu Tezuka, you know, the Astro Boy guy, Blackjack, uh, did well, that. And also <laughs> uh, releasing two straight up X rated movies um, back in the 70s and 60s. Um, but yes, it is actually a surprisingly common practice. It's It's funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's money, and there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. It's, I it's, absolutely it's a, do, not, uh, do not begrudge him in at all. Yeah, it's just, it just, you look at it, it's like, oh, that's, oh, right, yeah, that's a, it's a different scene than over here. I mean, sometimes I look at my paycheck and go, man, I wish I could draw porn. <laughs> no, man, you wish you could draw furry porn. Yes, yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. Some, <laughs> furries some, have, like, some, an some endless amount of money. I'm suspiciously wealthy furries. <laughs> yeah. And then you, too, can draw Fox and Falco. God, no. The size of skyscrapers, because no. that's a thing for some reason. That's the joke. Why is it the second time that it's come across? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's also you who brought it up. I should point out, too. <laughs> Good. Perfect. I was due. I was due. So anyway, the Giver. Yes, Giver. Let's, let's, let's take heart back. But yeah, no, it was it was a fun Her movie. Like the, the plot was kind of there for the most part. It existed. You had your your main character, David the Giver Hater, uh, having to deal with existential like problems. You know, oh no, I'm the Giver. All I do is kill people, which is a funny one. His ex is like, oh, all you do is kill people. And he's like, no, it's the suit. She's like, no, it's you. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, yeah, I kill people, but I kill zoonoids, and that's it. And it's me. <laughs> I'm the zoo. But he didn't, because at the beginning of the movie, he killed a bunch of humans. Yeah. He, he split a dude's throat open. It's, it's just such, such a weird character change. Mm. And the best part is, like, when you see it happen, the reason for the character change makes no fucking sense. Because basically at one point, uh, the, the entire plot is... Uh, Basically, David Hayter's been having dreams uh, of, of strange cave paintings. Uh, so he heads over to fucking, what was it, Ohio? Utah. Utah. Utah, that was it. Oh, yeah, I remember fucking. Yeah, but he heads over to Utah to see the cave. And so the cave are a bunch of strange paintings he's been seeing in the dream. Uh, which, the whole reason he went there is because he saw it on some shitty fucking... God. Local access television. Yeah. Not was... even local access television. It was one of those shows that are all about like uh I think like the National Enquirer kind of deal. Like that kind of pure fucking paranoid garbage. But uh yeah, no, so so he was watching this just about all kinds of like uh urban legends and shit like that and that kind of news. And he sees he goes to Utah, fucking 
schmoozes with the lady and gets onto the dig site because he met her at a fucking gas station. Uh, and then while he's there, he uncovers the paintings and eventually they discover that, oh no, there's an alien spaceship underground here. And then uh, come to find out the people that the archaeologists were working for were zoonoids uh, and they wanted the uh, the Giver unit from inside of the ship, which they took. Yada yada. Drama. Giver kills more zoonoids. Yada yada. Uh, and eventually, uh, while still dealing with this conflict, after her having murdered a bunch of Zoonoids, like three of them at that point, I think, uh, he goes onto the ship, communes with the ship uh, via the Giver armor, and learns the, the dark past of the Givers, which is, as Carnival said, aliens came to Earth to make super soldiers, create humans, gave them the Giver armor. Oh no, they rebelled. Aliens fucked off. And also, Zoonoids have been with us this entire time? And so that's fucking whatever. And for some reason, that just in David Hayter's brain solidifies, ah, yes, I'm the protector of Earth, and I'll kill all the Zoonoids for some reason. Also, um, there's that plot point where it's like he finds out there's more Zoonoids, but it turns out he only killed a, a small group of them in the east side of the United States. There's a whole other group in the west side of the United States. Like, there's sects everywhere being run by this evil corporation with some evil white dude at the head. Like, evil old white dude. It's be fair, that's straight up from the manga. It's like, yes. at one point, Sho ends up killing the Japanese head, and he's like, ah, oh, great, I'm happy. And then it's like, no, you moron, you absolute fool. If they're powerful enough to have a secret organization, a multinational corporation, you think just killing your, the, your local affiliate's gonna stop them? No. Yeah. Did they actually, um, like, reconcile the second Giver disc that they found? The yes, they disc? do. They do that really fast, actually. Okay, because uh, I feel like I missed it. Come to find out, we just find out pretty much exactly as it happens that the Giver disc was uh, damaged, as well as Zoonoids dons it, and he just looks like, what if the Predator was a Giver, and it looked like shit? Okay. Uh, because it was damaged, he was constantly chittering, and was very, very promptly got his ass kicked in, and then shot with the boob beam, and die. Yeah, I'm glad that they put the... They managed to get the Mega Smasher in at one point, which is yes. the dumbest the dumbest weaponry, but also kind of awesome. Imagine getting titty blasted into oblivion. That's the there Mega is, Smasher. There is no way that he can, like, use that thing without making him look like he's about to flash the opponent. Yeah, he literally rips his chest open to reveal the boob beneath. I wish somebody would destroy me. Except that was no. just... Uh, it is just... Uh, it's full of some very weird but interesting yeah. uh, scenes. But yeah, well, so like the whole cyber just... unit problem that was being mentioned the whole damn film amounted to fucking nothing and was actively detrimental and it makes you wonder why anyone gave a shit in the first place. Also, he sent the ship to space and that's kind of just how it ends. I mean... I mean, of all the other options, the other option there was given to the United States government, so... Yeah, and he tells him, tells the fucking U.S. agent, no, and then leaves, and then the U.S. agent just smiles like, oh, that crazy kid. Let's be regal. The U.S. agent can just, is literally just like, ah, I'll just let him go. He had a hard, hard fight. We'll go bug him later. It's not like we He's don't just know. He's along for the fucking ride that entire film. Yeah. It's... Really funny, especially that actor who portrayed, like, the FBI guy, 
Um, because apparently all he does, like, I don't believe that he had, like, or I don't know if he had, like, a, like, past life as a, uh, like, a cop. But all he does is cops. If you look at his filmography, it's kind of fascinating how this one person just ends up being. And he's done a lot of stuff every time he is some sort of cop. OK, apparently he's a doctor. One thing in uh, Dr. Cop. The d- deformation of Mar- Myrna Brown, whatever that Dr. is. Dr. Cop. He's a cop who's a doctor. He has a doctor in copology. Yeah, it was even a cop in glow while a security guard. But yeah. God. Also, don't forget the time that the guy over his helmet gets erect. That was weird. Yeah. Just gonna extend orb. Oh, right. Yeah, that part. Yes. Oh, God. He's never been harder in his life. Yep. Um, Fucking goddamn it. <laughs> anyway, do you have any other thoughts on this movie? Uh, yeah, no, it's a fun film. It's, as I said, pure fucking schlock. Absolute 100% schlock. It is not a good movie, but it's a fun movie. Yeah. Which is a phrase I feel like I say a lot on here. But. <laughs> um, gonna, gonna have that one also fucking tattooed above the crack of my ass. You know, fucking game sucks, music slaps. It's not a good movie, but it's a fun movie. Yes. I mean, there are worse tramp stamps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, you were going to get that, like, done on your tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Both, really. Yeah. Tombstone is actually just an engraving of tramp stamp. Yeah, what is, what is a tombstone other than just a tramp stamp for dead people? I mean, I can't argue against that, but also I don't like it. Yeah, I'm going to get... I'm it get... also makes the acclaimed Shadow Man 2 um, marketing campaign seem a little more fucked up. Yeah, it's it's great. I'm going to get a tram stamp. Here lies Andy, pepperoni and cheese. <laughs> tram stamp's just the picture of Shadow Man. God. Play Shadow Man 2 coming soon. God. Um, we got twenty five grand. <laughs> All right. Um, Sorry, said what I particularly thought this movie, and I I still feel like it's it is entirely my thought. Uh, this movie is bad. This movie's badly made, and it's awesome because it's badly made. Um, and I should I shouldn't say that in, in sense that it's like there there was some interesting choices made with this movie uh which one that i'm surprised we have not talked about yet which is what i want to bring up uh sound design in this movie is fantastic oh uh, it literally slaps it literally fucking slaps uh whoosh yeah it, it's great thinking of david hater in the, the twin snakes remake of metal gear solid because there are jet noises everywhere yeah okay so like each creature and person makes different noises for combat but like the Giver is always making jet noises all of the fucking time for everything it does, and it's so good. Okay, but what about that one scene when he's in the Giver suit, and he's just staring... I forget who he's staring at. He just stands there, and then two parts on the sides of his mouth just shoot fucking steam out of them for absolutely oh, yeah. no, no reason. No, it's always done that. It's always done that. That's the Giver, baby. Yeah, that that is something that happened to think, but also it's just really goofy because it comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, uh, also I quite like um, 
There was the one zoonoid who, whenever it made noise, uh, was multiple animals layered, which all of them were, but one of those was a stock cat noise that would always play, like, in the background. It would, that was yeah, really it, good. It's, yeah, it's great, because it's, like, it, it, it was like, listen, like, is it something going in the background or something? No, it's just making stock cat noises, and then, then also an elephant appeared. Yeah, well, because, like, all of the noises for the zoonoids were just, like, various stock sound effects for animals layered. It's like one of them had the elephant layer, the other one had, like, the low-key cat noise, one of them had lion noises on top of other stuff. It was befuddling. So it was really great when you hear this clash of cat noise and jet noise coming together. It was a good movie. Yes. But yeah, no, the, the sound design was, how can we get away with paying as little as possible Ah, we have all these animal noise sound libraries and jet noises, but how do we make them unique? I know. We'll just layer all of these stock noises. Because they were all stock. These were 100% all fucking stock. These were taken from, like, stock libraries they had just laying around. Easy to access. Cheap as fuck. Look, this great. movie had no budget, so... Actually, now that I have IMDb up, did this movie actually even, like... Oh, wait, never mind. One this was directed TV. Oh, was it direct TV? I think so, if I remember correctly. Oh, uh, let's find out. Um, God, yeah, this certainly was a th- this was a film. Or well, it maybe is direct it video. Oh, it is direct video. Okay. Oh, uh, let's see. Does it give a budget? I don't think it gives a budget. Oh yeah, it does. Uh, nine hundred thousand dollars. Nice. Which for a two and a half, like a little over two hour long movie, is. Not much. Uh, I do want to say also that we, we mentioned that there was a previous movie that it does reference a bit. Uh, this movie was actually also made in a response to the first movie uh, because they felt that the first... Like, one of the criticisms of the first movie is it was too goofy, too comedic. Uh, so this one, they made it a lot more serious in response to that, as well as leaning in more on the, the darker aspects of Guyver. So it went from a PG-13 rating to an R rating. Yes. I think they're better for doing that, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, David Hayter really enjoyed this role. Like, really enjoyed it. You could see uh, it. Like, yep. in every scene, he's having the time of his life. Uh, but that definitely reminds me of something, that there's actually an, another interesting bit of David Hayter trivia in this. Uh, so the main bad guy has a uh, lady kind of, um, kind of assistant, if this is the character that I'm thinking of. Uh, that was played by um, Marissa Cody. Uh, Marissa Cody uh, and David Hayter are actually a husband and wife now. They actually met on this movie. And they are still married, as far as I know. It's a good story. It's nice. You, you like to see it. Yeah. Uh, there's also, yeah, there was also, because we were talking about someone in uh, our chat brought up an interesting tweet that David Hayter posted. It was like, yeah, apparently he was working, I forgot with what, let's see, uh, he was working on the X-Men movies because David Hayter, like, actually, he's not just Solid Snake. He does actually done, does screenwriting for, like, he did the X-Men movies. Well, uh, X-Men 1 and 2. X-Men 1 and 2. Uh, but one of the people that worked on that movie came up to him and he's like, yeah, I just found this really weird vid- this movie that I, like, it's just kind of weird. Not like, one here. of the people. It was the stunt director. Oh, right. Uh, and came up to him and was like, yeah, you should see this movie. And, and, and David Ayer's like, yeah, look at the back of the box. And then he goes, oh, that's you, huh? 
It's it's really good. It's like real Tony Hawk energy. <laughs> yeah, really fucking is. But no, it, it, from the sounds of it, like everyone had fun. There was also originally supposed to be a third movie, but it ended up getting trapped in Wright's limbo. Mm. Which is a shame because I I actually like this a lot. I would I would definitely watch a sequel to it if it kind of like stuck along the the tones that it had for this one. Yeah. Um. There is a tone that also when I was thinking of like. Man, especially thinking of David Hayter, like, and especially with the way the character looks like, he looks like a full motion video adventure game protagonist. He does, but there's not enough tits on the window. And everything can be tender, love, and care. That's all I think about. Yeah, I was thinking, That's like, Dark Seed 1, and, he's, like... He's not enough of a schlub is the thing, though. Yeah, no. Yeah. He'd, he'd be in something like uh, that Sewer Shark game. Yeah, he'd absolutely be one of the uh, pilots, just totally losing his shit about how great this this run's gonna be. I was gonna say, wasn't like the the bad guy in Sewer Shark like a very like he was like a very key role in like some sitcom? Look that up now. Uh, but yeah, it, this movie has that energy to it. Um, it's it's great. The acting quality is fucking all over the place. Um. And it's really hard to pull off. First, it's hard to pull off a two-hour film. It's also really hard to pull off a two-hour film that's really not that great, and yet all of those disparate elements come together to kind of make it a good film. Like I said, it is, it's pure fucking schlock, but it's fun for it. Yeah. Um, I guess in that case, uh, is there any last, any last uh, things we want to go for you, Rank? I think I'm good. Carnival Yeah, I'm good. No, I'm good. I, I've pretty much said my piece. I, I, like, there's not a whole lot to say about this. All right. Uh, so in that case, let's uh, let's go ahead and rank this. So we're gonna rank this using our normal one to twenty-one scale uh, with three extras. Uh, one being absolute mastercraft can't really get. I should say is a pinnacle of its genre and various other things. Uh, twenty-one being that there is incredibly little. Uh, ironic value you can get out of it, even if you're going to watch it for, like, goof. It's still kind of painful if you're going to do that. Um, so with that, uh, Axe, what number would you give this? At the minimum of four. Okay. Hmm. Um, Carnival? See, I had to take a look at this, because this was, like, my first instinct is, like, eh, let me just see where Soulbrain is. And it's, like, Soulbrain's at a nine, and I'm thinking, because it's, like, this feels solidly like within eight, nine range for me. Cause it's like, this is the definitely the kind of like toku nonsense I like, but there are, but when it comes to some, it's just, there's that, there that middle holds it so much back or it, it would go higher for me. It's just, if it wasn't for that just middle that just drags the film. All right, Torpo. Oh, you really got to do this to me, don't you? Um. I don't know. Like, I'm genuinely fucking unsure of this one. Like, I cannot pinpoint how I feel, but I would probably say, like, how would I compare this to the Mortal Kombat? I'd say, like, a seven or six person, like, maybe. All right. Fucking uh, million things in seven. So, um, so in that case, we have an interesting spread on this one. Um, so I had two choices for this one. Uh, I, I, I just, when I looked at it, I just kind of picked eight. 
as kind of the general range because yeah i looked at soul brain because it's thinking the other toga stuff and i thought that it was a better overall thing than soul brain um but now that i'm looking at it i think i might even want to push that up a little bit uh the other one i was saying because a lot of the things we were talking about were about how it being bad and good uh, i was also going to think 69. Uh, kind of look at 69 again to see what that rating exactly stands for so uh the description that we have for it is has a sound a sound foundation but something about it elevates in a way that competence can't description is a, a fever dream mm, i can see the case for it i definitely can see the case for it yeah i'm usually the one that fights against ranking in those three but yeah i can i can see a little of that in there yeah, I could definitely see like putting it in the normal. So I need to go on the right one. I can see putting in like the number standard number scale. But I was thinking like if we did mention it a whole lot, so I figured I'd bring it up. I think it's a good. I think it's a good. I, yeah, like upon you bringing that up, I think that's a good place. Just put it. I have no strong feelings. I mean, um, the other one it could possibly be a six six six. So bad it's good, or at least fascinating. Uh. But and this not, movie does that, hit enough bad notes that it circles back around to being, you know, interesting. It does, but I think that in general, the movie still kind of pulls it off. That's usually when the movie, well, hmm. When I think 666, I think like watching a train wreck in slow motion. Yeah. yeah. So like, especially the two things we have in 666 right now, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and Pac-Man, those things had like cursed, like a cursed feeling to them, where this just feels kind of, that kind of campy schlock to it. Yeah, like it, 666 requires kind of like there's a kind of <laughs> I mean, yes, but in addition to that, it kind of needs like a there's a level of like where you see <laughs> it's that's why I like laughing because it's just a curse of like there's a kind of level beyond cursed energy. Yes. That this doesn't have uh, this. The, the more I think about, it, I think uh, a sixty-nine is a good like fit for this because it because it directly. It came in it when. Yeah, it came. <laughs> yes, but also it like is very solidly aware of what it is and sticks to it, and I think that that's what really pushes it to the sixty-nine level. There's a certain genuine quality to this that you can really appreciate. Yes, there's there's a heart to it. Also, fun fact, this is pretty much the only notable thing the suit actor ever worked on for the Giver. Which is yeah. a shame, because that suit actor did pretty well with what, what they had. Um, that being said, I do feel, based on our discussion, that I think 69 is a good spot. I won't I get, it. Um, that being said, if I did want to go number, uh, I'd be willing to raise mine. Uh, putting it in this, because we look at the 6th and 7 area, uh, six, we've got Labyrinth, Mappy, Space Cobra, and the Hunt for Red October. I, considering if the question is, would I rather watch that movie in its entirety versus those? Uh, Space Cobra, I might do it, but those other three, I definitely would say yes. Uh, and like looking at the stuff at seven, which we got American Gladiators, Fantasy Kaleidoscope, Mortal Kombat, Nick Arcade, The Running Man, and East. Uh, outside of like one or two of them, I would also definitely say yes, I would much rather watch that. Um, when you get to five, uh, that is when it starts to become a little bit iffy. 
um, because there we have Adventures of Moon Valley uh, Game Center CX Season 1, Starcade, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie, and Uncut Gems. Um, stuff like Moomin Valley and Game Center CX makes it a that's a I could see it being the same tier, but um, I don't know, going much higher than that. Uh, but at four, we have stuff like Jaws, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, and um, Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. That is, I'm thinking, like, I can see putting that in there, but I feel like five, especially as where the other ones went, would probably be a good one. Uh, though, I'm trying to think, um, if this doesn't get 69, I'm trying to think of other films that would, is also the thing. Like, I think the... Wizards. Yes, okay, Wizards. Wizards. That, mm, that might get 666. We'll see. We'll see, yeah, but yeah, like... We'll but I like either like you've made a strong case. I think sixty nine's a better fit just for the overall tone than like one of the more direct rankings. But yeah, either way, you a, want to split the difference. I, I have no strong feelings, but also a case of like how hard do you want to be on these very specific numbers? Because that has been an issue we have towed around for a long fucking time. Yeah, I have no idea what's ever going to get in four twenty for Media Delta. Uh, um, Grinch Knight. Actually, no, that 420 would be Wizards. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, it is getting... As surprising as it is, it is getting closer to the end of the year, and we do have another round of going through these again. So for this, I'm just going to put it at 69 just to save us from discussing the numbers. Nice. So there, we finally have... Um, what number is this? Not that close. We're only like two thirds of the way through the fucking year. Goddamn. Yeah. Look, well, actually, we're like three fourths at this point. But com compared to last year, this year is moving like lightning. So yes, yeah, that's because it's become the new normal. Is the problem? Yeah. Once July is over, the year is pretty much done. You might as well just call it in and move Jeez, on to the next wake year. Wake me up when September ends. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Holidays a better song on that album. You walk alone, There's you walk alone. There's a number of better songs on that album, but that's neither here nor I'm, there. I'm surprised that I had a direct-to-TV platform. That's This is also the first direct-to-TV one we've done. Uh, this is direct-to-video. Well, direct-to... No, direct, actually, no, DTV is probably direct-to-video. It, it could be both, direct-to-TV and direct-to-video. No, no, DTV means direct-to-video, though, is, is what... Yeah, but... Across, yeah. yeah, and also... <laughs> It's basically Western OVA. Yeah, it had uh, limited theatrical releases in certain countries, but like that doesn't fuck. Yeah. Also, this is a. I should really just put Toku as one of these. Yes, but, you um... just need a Toku you genre. Should especially if we're gonna keep fucking. I do have Hero, like but that's about as good as we're gonna it's get. It's not a fucking sandwich. <laughs> um, you you have the ultra violence tone, right? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I'm getting to it. I gotta put. Well, I gotta put. Hmm. Actually, for tone, it's technically sci-fi, or though should it be? I don't know if it's really fully gross. It's kind of gross. Oh, gory. You have varying levels. It's it's got gore. It's oh. got blood. Well, I was thinking for like the tone because I have the one that's like the the green like bio. We haven't done a tone movie that had it yet. This is pretty meaty. I'm just gonna leave it at that. 
But yes, this is gory, so I'm going to put gore plus. You also might want to put a quick photosensitivity. There's oh, not yeah. a lot, but there are a couple scenes. Yeah. Uh, so is there anything we want to call out in music, charm, cinematography, storytelling, action, and art? Uh, action and... Yeah. Charm right. and art, because that's for the set design and... Uh, would you say campy charm for charm specifically? Campy. Yes. 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 And maybe swap that out. Yep. There. Also gonna put that in the A too. Um. Man, now you got me thinking how we'll never do anything like even vaguely body horror related because Lolo is a giant. Monster. I mean, I mean, I can just sit back and just you talk <laughs> about it. Because you, I mean, you bring that up because you know I really want to do the thing. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm itching. That's. No, when I say that's my favorite movie, I literally mean that is my top film. That no, is my I, favorite I, I fucking movie. The thing is fucking incredible. It's such a good movie. It is. And it's got Wilfred Brimley in it. It's got, it's got Wilfred, Wilfred Brimley. Brimley in it. It's got Wilfred Brimley in it and also a lot of gory shit, which I hate. I know, but the gory shit's so good. I think, there was, I think it was Rick Botin who did the, uh, the special effects for that. It's fucking amazing. I love that movie. Yeah, maybe that'll be like that'll be like a special where it's basically uh, you tell me how the movie is and I'll rank it based on your description. <laughs> It'll just be me and Axe high fiving, non fucking stop though. Yeah, I'll be real because like I'm not gonna be on that one because I'm with all of that. It's just like nope. This is the thing is an excellent film. Don't get me wrong, it's not for me. <laughs> it's like the fly, which thankfully there's no reason for ever to do that. Yeah, well, no, I, 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 I couldn't make. Class. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I couldn't justify trying to make somebody watch the fly. That one's you. rough. Either one, either one's rough. Yeah. Either way, though, do we have any nays to this? Uh, so yays, I went ahead and put Campy Charm in again. I also put Simply Fun. Actually, can we put Campy Charm for the action as well? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then this I is, this is like pure toku. Yeah. yeah. Nay, snail, and ruler. Yes. 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 Uh, it actually, I was looking at the IMDb. They actually list that the when it was released in the UK, uh, there was 25 minutes cut from this movie. However, it's the action parts that got cut. What? Because <laughs> it was too gory, apparently. Cowards. But that uh, that does remind me is like when we get around to actually doing a common writer at some point, <laughs> boy, uh, that'll be fun. So alternate, let's see, alternate versions. Uh, twenty seven, uh, twenty seven minutes have been cut from the UK region two DVD. This includes some elements of violence, a nightmare sequence, a scene which Sean breaks up with Mickey, and scenes that further develop the relationship between Sean and Corey. However, 14, 15 seconds of cuts made to the earlier video release a bloody shooting scene and a throat stabbing have been restored okay okay so wait 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 wait, wait. they a cut like the single tie-in to the previous movie which is the 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 ex-girlfriend yeah. thing and they also cut any of the bits where the relationship between david hater and the lady lead develop yeah, that sounds like a better, that sounds almost like a better cut in my opinion. Just it is. I'm just confused as to the reasoning. Yeah, and then uh, the German VHS release uh, had eight additional minutes cut. Jesus Christ! Uh, that was even more of the violence that got cut. 
I mean, that just that's that's an entire conversation altogether about how rating systems and uh, advisory boards are filled with ancient people who should well, have fucking retired five, 50 years ago. Yeah, especially the German one, because I, if I remember correctly, German rating boards for like not like movies and video games was incredibly strict. Oh, Australia, no, German, too. German and Australia are some of the strictest boards there. Yeah. It's wild, but that's another conversation. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's fucking infamous, but yeah, no, 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 no. Um, I think this. I think this looks good. Yep, that is. Yeah, that, I think that is a good set of charms for this movie. Um, so yeah, uh, that is Giver Dark Hero. It is a interesting movie, which thankfully is. It's weird because it is available to watch on YouTube. However, you can also buy it on YouTube. And the fact that both are there is kind of interesting. Um, but yes, um, that'll do it for Giver Dark Hero. Uh, so before we go, uh, Axe, is there anything you want to plug? Yes, the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network. All right, Carvel. Your local bail or mutual aid fund. Uh, Torpo. Twitch.tv slash TorpedTypist and at TorpedTypist on Twitter. And I would like to plug the whole Left in My Fucking Cave by the Titty Laser. Yes. All right. Uh, so next up, uh, we have an in- we have one of the ones that I actually was kind of avoiding because I feel like it's a kind of more notorious one. However, uh, upon actually watching it again with a uh, just out of the blue, uh, is I think going to be an interesting discussion because uh, this is one that has been like known as like a really like terrible movie. However, it's actually upon watching it again, it's actually not as bad as I remember. But uh, what we are watching next uh, is the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, the 1993 movie with Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. So uh, that'll be fun. So, yep, uh, hopefully you tune into that one because uh, that'll be an interesting episode. So thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. If you would like to see the list in which we have ranked every single thing we've done for Media Delta, you can go to r3.ldp.life in your browser. If you'd like to watch the sister show that determines what could show up on Media Delta, that's Retro Rank Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash or on YouTube at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like to discuss this episode with others, please join our Discord server by going to discord.ldp.life in your browser, which should give you a link. Thank you again for listening.